Blog Talk Radio.
Welcome, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. This is T. Love, your host here at Energy Awareness Radio. I am a certified reconnective healing practitioner, sound therapist, and positive psychology practitioner with a private practice in Sussex County, New Jersey, where Energy Awareness Radio streams to you live each and every week. Our chat room is open, so feel free to join the discussion that's already happening online. We do keep an eye on the chat room, so if you have a question, Go ahead and post it. We'll do our best to get your question on air. And as an alternative, for those of you who are on the go and you can't continue to listen online, call us directly by dialing 347-202-0227. And that way you can listen via phone. Or please be sure to use your Bluetooth if you are driving about. Our sponsor is Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. With Audible.com, you can listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. And you can get a free book when you sign up for a 30-day trial at audibletrial.com slash energyawareness. That's audibletrial.com slash energyawareness. So, listeners, do you like rituals? I love rituals. But really, what is a ritual? That word really gets a bad rap. When people say it, more often than not, those that hear it think of cults or satanic work, spell casting, all the bad negative stuff. But ritual is not just that. We as humans always jump to the conclusion of what is most common, what things are known for, which is unfortunate because sometimes it's the negative side. But if we look at the positive side of the word ritual and what it truly means, we will see that rituals can be very empowering and life-changing. My guest is Dr. Silva Dvorak, a transformational counselor, humanitarian, and author who maintains a part-time private counseling practice while serving as a partner in One World Projects, Inc. It's an international compassionate and fair trade organization that creates economic self-sufficiency for individuals and communities around the world. Silva has consulted for Fortune 100 through Fortune 500 companies, worked with top corporate executives. She's spoken at international corporate events. She's had the honor of sharing the stage with Don Miguel Ruiz, Marcy Shimoff, Janet Bray Atwood, Chris Atwood, Phil Town, Marsha Wider, and numerous others. There are just so many people. She lives and breathes what she teaches and remains devoted to her daily spiritual and physical practice. She is passionate about merging spiritual wisdom with scientific understanding of the body and mind and how that can lead us to healing and inner transformation. And Silva is a co-author of Your Hidden Riches, Unleashing the Power of Ritual to Create a Life of Meaning and Purpose, which is our topic of discussion. It is her deep understanding of human nature, a lifetime of personal experiences and study, an application of ritual as well as a commitment to a life of contribution that added to the breadth of this book she co-authored with Janet Bray Atwood and Chris Atwood. Welcome to the show, Dr. Silva. Thank you so much for taking time to join us here on Energy Awareness Radio. How are you being? I am being so great. Thank you, T, and thank you for having me. And I must say the song you played put a huge smile on my face because <laughs> drink your coffee and say thank you. What a great ritual. <laughs> yeah, isn't it that? That was yeah. perfect. That was so perfect. I was smiling. I'm like, what a great song to begin with. <laughs> That's my theme song every week. I just love it because I really believe that, yeah, the basis for everything is just saying thank you, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. If we just did that, huh? That would be enough of a ritual. <laughs> yeah, isn't that what Master? Um, 
Master Eichhardt said, if the only prayer you ever say is thank you, that would be enough. But I don't, I don't know that everybody does that. But, you know, the more you do it, the more you want to do it. And it, you can really, it makes your heart smile big, and it makes the other person's heart smile big, too. And I just love that. <laughs> so, right. That's right. You know, sometimes I really have to ponder over the books I choose to discuss on this show. But when I received your Hidden Riches, it, it was kind of a slam dunk from the moment I received it because it is mm-hmm. so rich in all that it offers. Everything from diet and health and beauty, wealth, uh, relationships, it, take, it all makes so much sense. You know, we live in a time when technology is overtaking our lives, and it's not necessarily yeah. making our lives easier. I see a lot more stress in people due to technology. But your hidden riches really allows people to do those things that, in my opinion, will enrich their lives, relieve the stress, make them healthier and happier. It couldn't have launched at a better time. Because right now, I think it's vitally important to society to manage all the aspects of our lives better, you know, so that we all can have a happier and more joyful life. How was the idea for this book born? Mm. Oh, that's a great question. Thank you for asking that. Well, a few years ago, um, Janet actually approached me about writing um, this book because um, that's my co-author, Janet Atwood, because, um, you know, in the years that we had known each other, there was this one common thread that we have, and that is that we loved ritual, and we actually did ritual together. And um, then we brought in Chris to join us, who also is deeply embedded in his life in ritual. It was like the common theme we had um, between the three of us. And we often, like I said, did ritual together. And, you know, when we thought about what is it that makes us, um, well, what gives us more peace in our lives? What gives us more joy? What makes us feel more connected with each other? It was ritual. And we thought, wow, wouldn't that be a great book to write about ritual because it is so, like you said, rich in its meaning. And so really that's how we we started the book, um, the process of writing this book. That's really terrific because there aren't a lot of books out there that actually come at it from this angle, you know, and and speak to it in that way. You know, when we say the word ritual, as I said in the introduction, it pretty much has a negative connotation, which is very, very unfortunate. It's just a word, but it's a word that comes with a lot of baggage. And for me, ritual, well, first to me, that's, it's very sacred. And again, this Mm -hmm. is just me, but it's a meaningful way to create those things that are good in your life. It's like a process that I perform that evokes all kinds of really good feelings within my own being and and then thusly brings about positive results to the people that are involved or don't even realize they're involved, but because you're having such a good day due to ritual, they are as well. You can give it. You can pay it forward. How is it that you define ritual? Um, Well, we define um, ritual as a conscious intentional act that you choose to make habitual. And I want to explain this a little bit more because people often think that ritual and habit are synonymous, and they're actually Mm -hmm. not. So habits can be good or bad and often develop unconsciously, whereas ritual, on the other hand, are conscious intentional acts that you choose to make habitual because they help you perform at your best or to stay calm under pressure or to create balance in your life. So we can turn um, habits into rituals. 
So, for example, um, you've probably the listeners have had the um, experience of driving someplace many times until it becomes a habit. You don't have to really think about it. You just do it on automatic. But what makes it a ritual is that when you add consciousness to it, so for example, you're driving on that same route, but you're counting and appreciating the beautiful flower gardens you see along the way. Or you start thinking of of at least 20 things that you're grateful for as you go along the same route. Now there's consciousness added to it, and therefore it becomes a ritual. So really the purpose of ritual is to make something real, to in, reinforce what you already have or you put on your path, um, but through conscious intentional action. And really, there's no tradition on earth that doesn't enshrine things in ritual. Um, in my research for the book, um, I found out that really you could say that ritual's been around since the beginning of, of time. The earliest rituals that um, have been found were cave drawings dating back to 70,000 B.C., so anything that's really serious or important, we use ritual. If we think about it, um, you know, what do we? What is ritual that has such meaning to us? Of course, marriages would um, uh-huh. would be one one example. Um, and then there's that quote, you know, a family that prays together stays together. You know, uh-huh. there's a ritual. There's there's a ritual. And when a, for when a priest hands, let's say, a wafer during a communion to someone, it's not like a rich cra- rich cracker, right? It's really right. that 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 wafer is an anchor point. It has meaning in it. And so rituals add deep meaning to our lives. And so our children aren't going to remember, for example, the number of times they played the video games, right, or or on their iPad. But what are they going to remember? They're going to remember those dinner times when you sat down and perhaps asked everyone around the table to share something significant that happened with that day or share, took a moment and say, anyone have any challenges? And let's all talk about it and support each other. Those are the things that we're going to remember. And so ritual has deep meaning and purpose in our lives. And like you said in the beginning, we've gotten more and more disconnected from that because we have all these devices that help us um, stay connected. Yet why is it that we're feeling more disconnected than ever? People are feeling more anxious than ever. And we feel, you know, and the purpose of writing, one of the main purposes of writing this book is to connect us back to that deeper meaning of that connection within ourselves and then with others, of course, as well. Sure, because there's a lack of awareness. when Even, even when people are texting or emailing or you can tell when you're on the phone with someone and they're doing something else because you get the mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and you know they're not paying attention to you. Those are habits and they become addicting. It's not ritual. So ritual is clearly totally different from a habit. You brush your teeth, it's automatic, you just do it. But when you put something to it that's absolutely conscious and and you can say, you know, like you said, you're walking along or you're driving and you're noticing things, it's total awareness of the present moment and what you're doing within that time frame. And that's just so important. People have gotten away from that because they're just so busy. So when we introduce, and this is what I like about your book, is that you're introducing ritual into everything so that there is that awareness that they can build upon to make their lives richer. It just seems to make sense. 
some people will say, well, ritual is, you know, it's a religious thing. It has nothing to do with religion. Absolutely nothing, though. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. I mean, certainly ritual can be religious or spiritual, but in the, um, and we talk about that in the book, you know, certainly you can mm-hmm. use it that way. And we, do, and we distinguish between what we call everyday rituals and then ceremonial rituals. Um, but really what we, the main purpose of when we talk about ritual is really ritual in enriching our lives using ritual to enrich our lives. And, and on a practical level, these everyday rituals, like the examples you shared or the examples I, I shared, really do, do mm-hmm. three things. First of all, they help us manage our time by creating routines that ensure you give time and attention to the, the different parts of your life that are important to you. So one, everyday rituals help you to manage your time. Two, they also help you to manage your energy. So, for example, like preparing for sleep to ensure you have a good night's rest. You might want to um, do some, you know, type of deeper reading or some people meditate or prayer. So, they really help us manage energy so um, we give um, time for rest. And then thirdly, they help um, manage our thinking by keeping our attention on the good we have in life um, and what we choose to create rather than the problems or worries um, so, for example, um, one thing what we could do for that is um, before uh, going to bed, we might intention um, the things that we're grateful for or when we're in the shower in the morning. You know, so they help to manage our thinking because, as we know, our thinking runs rampant, right? Our thinking is rampant. Mm-hmm. And most of the time people are thinking around what is wrong or worrying or fears. And so ritual serves a purpose in that it can help us focus our mind in the direction that we desire to go. And as a psychoneurologist, you know, that's what the practices that I give a lot of my clients is, which is really rituals around managing their mind that they're feeling less stressed or anxious or whatever it may be. That's not supporting them. Sure. And it brings about positive results in every aspect of their life. I've been keeping a gratitude journal for at least 20 years now. And it's amazing because it it is a ritual, you know, every night Mm -hmm. I list five things that I'm grateful for. And so much so that I brought it to, I'm a member of the board of trustees of my local chamber of commerce. And I brought it to them and said, let's do a fundraiser based on this. And we did, we raised money for a scholarship fund. Mostly women signed up for it. And it was, yes, you have to pay to go out and buy your own gratitude journal and do what you're going to do, but the money's going to a good cause. And then at the end of the year, you'll get the self pamper basket that has all these goodies in it. One person will win it. And it really was a great way to instill in people how important it is to give gratitude, but to also take those moments and just be with yourself and figure out what am I grateful for today? What good things did happen? And even if you think, well, nothing did, you're, you're, first of all, you're wrong (laughs) because you're sitting there. So you're still alive. But you know, and you were able to breathe. Some people can't. You know, you're able to have water and food and all these things. And people forget that part. So uh, that is a great ritual to do for me at the at the end of the day. And and we've brought it out to the whole community. So now a lot of people are doing it at the end of the day. I also think that there are people who perform rituals and they don't even know it. You know, when they're doing something that they love, let's say cooking or gardening, you know, you're putting your entire heart and soul into it. And even if it's only once a year, like preparing a garden for planting or 
let's say more often, every time that you're making a meal, how you prepare the food, the way that you set the table, the savoring of the flavors, how you spice it, that to me is ritual as well. And it doesn't need to be a daily practice, the same thing every day. It's bringing ritual into those things that you do and having it become something more than it is. Do you agree that there are people that might actually be doing ritual and don't know that they are? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And and you, you gave some great examples, whether it's connecting to the earth through through gardening, which is actually a very ancient ritual practice, mm. to um, the, the food that we prepare. And if we think about the love for the people that we have as we're preparing that food and, and preparing it for them. And, you know, food and connecting to the earth are, are – um, have been around since the beginning of ritual, really. And so, and still to this day, and though they may not call it that. Um, and, you know, one thing I wanted to share with you um, with what you said is that there was actually a study done that was published in Scientific American in 2013. And the study was done by two uh, social scientists at Harvard. They were at the Harvard Business School. And what they found is that ritual helps produce positive outcomes even when a person doing the ritual doesn't necessarily even believe in ritual. Mm -hmm. And so what that means is that rituals tap into a deeper part of ourselves and they're often the most effective when they have personal meaning to us. And so it doesn't have to be religious or spiritual or wooey-wooey. Truly you can get results Mm -hmm. from ritual even if you don't believe in ritual. <laughs> so um, that's very important to know. I think that's because you do go to that deeper place and, and you right. are in a place where you can, it, it, it releases or decreases your cortisol levels. It releases endorphins that are really good for increasing, you know, positive energy and thoughts and, and everything that's going to keep you more balanced instead of getting totally depressed. I'm sure you've seen it in your practice. I've seen it in mine. People just will, when they start to do something and they realize it's good for them, they want to do it more. So it kind of, just progresses daily and they want to do more and more of it because they're seeing the outcome. It's not that they take, it takes a lot of time to do either, but once they start to see, Oh, this is effective. They'll start to do it more and bring it into different areas as well. Do you notice that too? Absolutely. You know, I say that ritual um, is a, is a very powerful tool to create new brain neural pathways. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I see the the absolute result and and with my own with my own clients in and I may not call it a ritual when i 'm you know telling them okay here 's you know right. like a quote description to do this, this, and this, so that you know your mind feels more at ease or less stress um, I might call it use it as a process or whatever but in, in effect it 's really a, a ritual and um, what I get feedback on is that the results that they're getting in having more peace and calm in their life or just feeling more connected or they're getting the results that they desire. And it's a, it's basically using ritual and ritual is helping them to do that. And that becomes really fun because then they see, wow, if I do it here, then I can do it over there in this aspect of my life, you know, just applying it. And again, the most important thing here is though that whenever you do the rituals, that it has meaning for them and that that ritual is designed for them. So moving them in the direction they desire to go. 
Yeah, and I was just going to say it is also fun. And I, too, do not say use the word ritual until I get to know the people a little bit. And then I'll say, yeah, it's a ritual yeah. because it has such a mm. bad rap. So I'll just say, here's That's another right. tool for your toolkit. You know, it's just really mm-hmm. too bad that we can't use these words that, to me, a tool for the toolkit, okay, a ritual, it sounds so much more meaningful, just the word itself. And so after a couple of visits, you can say that word because they've gotten to know me better and, you know, and, and they know how I speak. And I'll say, yes, yeah, a ritual. This is A ritual is something that you do with full meaning, and it's sacred. It's something that you want to do. You really pour everything into it, and, and it can become fun. I think rituals are a lot of fun. I, you know, even summer solstice. You know, I have a labyrinth, and so I invite people over, and I light the candles in the labyrinth. There's 200 candles. We walk the labyrinth, and, you know, it's just a way to celebrate, hey, it's the longest day of the year. It's not, you know, Wiccan or witchy or, like you said, woo-woo or anything like that. It's just fun to do and to set intentions for what's the rest of the summer going to bring, you know? Yeah, and I love that you have a labyrinth. That's one of my own personal favorite ones. I've been always doing that this past weekend. And, you know, labyrinths are beautiful ritualistic practices and because as you walk the labyrinth, as you know, right, you're connecting mm-hmm. to the deeper place within and it's the meaning of the spiral. But, uh, but what is it doing? What is it really doing? Well, it's helping us connect to a place of silence, that place of silence where we have... Um, where we actually can receive messages. Um, you know, in doing the research for this book, I found out that there's this secret sauce of the most um, successful people. Um, and what is that sauce that they use to get them to achieve what they desire or where they're going, whether they're an athlete or an actor or a scientist or a writer? What is it that they're using? They're using ritual. Mm-hmm. So, um, Benjamin Franklin's favorite ritual, he would start the day with asking himself, what good will I do today? And at the end of the day, he always asked himself, what good have I done today? There's your gratitude. In the, yes, and gratitude. And he, he loved to write in, a, in his bathtub. That was his writing ritual. Um, so I, that had I to be hard back one. then. <laughs> I know, I know. I think there was another. Um, I think Grisham also. I, there was another. Um, I was surprised at how many you know writers actually love to write in the bathtub. But there's something about being in the water in the womb and feeling uh, oh, yeah. maybe you know real relaxed, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Um, I know Maya Angelou, she would get get up very early in the morning. She never rode at home. She got a hotel room. She would go there from, um, she always had like things set out in her room, specific things she drank. She would work till around noon. She would come home and then she would read to her husband what she wrote, but, but he was not allowed to give feedback. (laughs) <laughs> which ah. I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> and then um and then they would have lunch. And that was her writing ritual because that worked really well for her. Um Simon Cowell, this is a really interesting ritual. You know Simon Cowell from oh, yeah. the uh, <laughs> the yeah, so the reality T V kingmaker, you know, milk millionaire Simon Cowell. Well, I think most people would never guess what his daily ritual is. And his daily ritual is to climb, when he's at home, would be to climb a tree. Really? And one would think, 
one would think, wow, that's an interesting ritual. But when you think about it, I mean, I haven't talked to him personally, but when you think about it, it probably connects him to being more childlike, to to have mm-hmm. fun and to not take life so seriously and maybe to provide a, a relief from some of the stress in his life. You know, maybe climbing a tree helps him connect it to nature and feel more in balance. Um, so I thought that was a really cute daily ritual and uh and then there's athletes athletes have their rituals and Leighton Barnes who's a world famous soccer current soccer player one of the things that he does is before he goes out on the playing field um he ties and unties his shoelaces um several times and when asked why he does this he says it's because that's that ritual helps him separate from um, what's going on on the outside to take one moment to go within so he can perform his best. Hmm. And I think that really says it clearly. He says it clearly for why most athletes then have these specific rituals that they do um, before they, they perform. Well, the, the very successful athletes, all of you look at them, they have very specific rituals before they go out and do their sport and, like I said, for the most successful people, they they do as well because ritual helps us to really focus our mind, to create that space so that that rushing of the mind and the thoughts, whatever, it can help us focus to this very present moment and have that silence to tap into that unseen. And it's in the unseen that most of life really happens in ancient scriptures, they say that 75% of life is in the unseen and only 25 can be experienced with our own senses. So this really gives us a clue to where to go to connect to our own higher power and harness it towards that which we desire, like the examples of the people that I was um sharing about and it's also in the 75 percent where we experience love and generosity and forgiveness and peace and um, this is a very powerful place but how many of us really consciously say hey i'm going to go into this unseen world i'm going to go into the 75 percent right you know Mm -hmm. we actually have to do the rituals in order to take us there and it doesn't have to be elaborate. I mean, I know people who will say, oh, I can't wait to go home and have a glass of wine. That glass of wine can actually be a ritual for you because if you truly sit down and relax with it and you're sitting on your deck or in your house and looking outside at nature, wherever you are, if you're just being, if you're just being and you're sipping that wine, that right there can be a ritual for you. That can be That's something right. that you're just, you know, working on and saying, okay, this is what I'm going to do because it relaxes me. I know once a week I will fill the jacuzzi with water and sea salt Mm. and put in some lavender and get in. That's a ritual. It's a ritual because it's so relaxing and I love to be around water. And water, when I'm around water, I come up with ideas. I'm way more creative. I come up with tons of ideas in the shower. I have to write them down as soon as I get out. It's a very creative process for me. So being able to just relax and have the water pulsating feels really good. That's a ritual. And that's, that's right. yeah, it's, it's very relaxing. It's good. Everybody has different things. So it doesn't have to be, well, what can I do? Do I light candles in a specific way? Do they have to be red, blue, or green? No, do whatever you want. And that's part of the thing, too. How can people come up with, what do you feel is a simple ritual that somebody can start with 
if they're listening today and saying, I don't have a ritual, because I think there are probably people thinking that when in actuality they might have the start of one. How can they turn something simple into a ritual? Mm. Yeah, that's that's great. That's a really great question. And I think we're going to stay within the everyday ritual because then we have what we call Mm -hmm. the ceremony rituals, which are a little bit more involved, and there's like seven aspects to that. But in the the simple everyday ritual, um, which is a great starting point, which is to think of something that you are already doing every single day. So, for example, it could be brushing your teeth or perhaps it's going up and down a certain set of stairs and you do it multiples of times or, you know, it could even be before going to bed or upon waking up, something that you're already doing. And you can attach something to it. And, again, that something would be what is it that you need and then then that would have meaning to you. So, for example, what do most people want these days? Well, most, most people than ever are feeling stressed or anxious. So what would it be that would be work for you and then have meaning for you um, to help you feel more relaxed? And for some, it could be doing just some simple breathing exercises. Um, I teach those all the time in my practice because that gives us signals to the mind just to slow down. Um, it could be that um, when you're brushing your teeth every single day, maybe you do want to say some gratitudes or appreciations or or think positively about someone you love and send them and send them love and what you may want to do in that case is also write yourself a little let's say a little sticky note and put it on the mirror you know in the bathroom or let's say on the kitchen so every time you open the fridge you may have a ritual of saying you know i love my body i am healthy and vibrantly strong my body works for me to keep me going and to help me serve more in the world because maybe there's a physical challenge so we want to engage our mind in being healthy of course and so you could put a note on the fridge and the ritual could be every time you open it that you just repeat how healthy and and vibrant and strong that you are so again some that you're already doing and then you can attach um, a, a ritual to it, a ritual practice to it with something that you're desiring, like whether it's health or peace or love, whatever that may be. Or money. You could have those great money rituals, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's big today. <laughs> That's a big one today. Exactly. So, you know, affirming that, um, you know, affirming, affirming um, money and abundance in your life. And feeling that, you know, that's a great ritual practice as well. You know, one of the, uh, an author, Rhonda Byrne, she wrote The Secret, The Power, and The Magic. Mm -hmm. You're familiar? Mm -hmm. Okay. Of course, yes. Yes, her book, The Magic, she nailed it on that book, okay? The other two books I wasn't really fond of, but she nailed it when she wrote The Magic. And one of the practices in the book, and I still do it to this day, I started doing this in 2012 is when I first read her book, The Magic, when it first came out. And... As you're walking up the stairs, with each step, you say thank you. And I thought, okay, that's pretty good. So I walk up and down 32 stairs constantly throughout the day, up and down, up and down, up and down. So I'm constantly saying thank you, thank you, thank you. And people have said to me, yeah, but now you're just saying it. And I'm like, no, I'm not. It's not just thank you, thank you, thank you. There really is intent behind it because I'm so used to doing it and putting it into it. I get that you can't just say the words. There has to be feeling. So I'll think of something and, you know, you always want to think of you already have whatever it is that you are trying to bring into your life and and say thank you for it. And I'll 
say thank you and think about that thing with each step. And then when I get to the top, I'm like, yay, I made it. Or when I get to the bottom, yay, I made it again. But it's a really interesting thing because it allows you to stay focused on that which you're intending while at the same time giving gratitude. So you have this ritual that you can do throughout the day. And it just seems to work for me. I don't know. <laughs> I, lo- I love that ritual. And what you said is so important because of, when we talk about ceremonial rituals, the very first thing that we talk about is intention. Yes. So intention is consciously stating what you, you choose to create. And intention is so important. And you're doing that as you're stepping, you know, you're thinking, but you're intentioning at the same time. So it isn't like you're just doing thank you, thank you, thank you as a a habit. You're doing it as a ritual. Right. Big difference. Yeah. Big difference. Yeah, makes makes a difference. There's another one, too, that I did in my last house. I moved from Massachusetts to New Jersey, and I had read this email that came across Oh, years ago, that's, um, it was called The Trouble Tree. And I fell in love with this story, and I thought, I'm going to do this. And every day when I came home, winter, spring, summer, fall, snow, rain, it didn't matter, I would park my car in the garage, and then I would get out, and I would go touch the flowering cherry tree, and I would leave my troubles there. And I'd say, I'll pick them up tomorrow. Well, inevitably, you know, you walk in the house, and that means all the work is behind you. Now you're at home. Now this is sacred space, and nothing from work can come in and bother this space. And it was good. It worked. And then the next day I'd get up, and all of a sudden, those troubles that I was bringing home from work that I left on the tree didn't seem as as bad at all. But the interesting thing that happened was when we were moving, selling the house, getting ready to go, I looked at the tree, and I thought, what's wrong with this tree? (laughs) I had to call the nursery Uh. man. And I had him come over and I said, Larry, there's something wrong with the tree. It was fine. It was fine. All of a sudden, I'm getting ready to go and it's not fine. And he came over and he looked at it. Now, this tree had been there for 13 years. And he said, T, the tree is dying. And I said, I know. And I looked at him and I knew why. But I wasn't going to tell him because he think I was crazy. So I said, we have to replace this tree, which was big. They dug a huge hole, took the tree out. And I said to him, please put it over to the side. Please plant it over on the side. And he said, it's going to die. I said, no, just do me a favor and plant it. So he did. They brought in the new tree. About five years later, I went back, and the tree that was planted on the side was doing really well because we gave it new earth, and it was no longer the trouble tree. And I spoke to it before I left, and I was crying. And I spoke to it when I went back, and I was like, oh, my God, you did so much for me. I'm so sorry that I put you through it. I had no idea that I was causing you this problem. But I have to say, I still have a trouble tree, <laughs> and it's doing well, but, but I don't know what's going to happen when I leave. I just know I'm probably going to have to replant it and go through that whole expensive process again, and that's okay with me. But it was a thing that worked because, you know, I remember hearing, I think it was Will Smith, he said, the one thing he does when he goes home is he makes sure he doesn't bring anything into the house. It's always going to be about the wife and kids. And I thought, that's beautiful. So if you yeah, put a ritual a- with it, you know, Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and what a powerful ritual that is because how many people when they come home from work they're frustrated or um, you know still stressed and then they um, bring that energy into the house and then of course it's going to come out on the significant other and then the children if there's children there or the animals right because they're going to feel it because it's all energy and so yep. um, I think that is extremely powerful ritual um, and you know we should all take that up that ritual up you know before you step just be prepared to replace that tree <laughs> <laughs> yeah or you know just 
just like you can even think like close your eyes and like shake it off, right? Shake it off and mm-hmm. put it into the earth. You know, maybe that that hole, you know, eventually there would be a hole in that part of the earth, but bury it, bury it. But <laughs> but you know, you can do different things. But you know, intentioning. Here we go again. Intentioning that you're releasing you know, the the stress of the day or the whatever it is, the, the tension of the day before you step into the house so that the house energy stays um, peaceful and joyful and love-filled. Yes. I mean, it, it used to be that just the master bedroom was sacred space. Now the whole house is and the yard. It's like, no, we can't fight here. We're not allowed. We would have to leave to fight. <laughs> this is just <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> What's really to fight about? I don't want to waste the brain cells. You know, there's nothing to fight. There's absolutely nothing to fight about. I've come to that conclusion. There is nothing worth fighting about. I'm not wasting brain cells. And let's just all get along. It's just easier. <laughs> That's right. I live in my own happy little world. I'm sure, I'm sure there are psychiatrists and psychologists that would like to look at my brain and say, what is she talking about? I don't care. It works for me. <laughs> as long as it works for you. That's the main thing. That's why I tell everyone, hey, it works for you. You know, that's, that's, the, right. that's the key. Yeah. What, what yeah. are your favorite rituals that you practice either daily or weekly or yearly? Mm, uh, thank you for asking that. Oh, I have so <laughs> many, not, you know. Right? <laughs> yeah, I have like so many. Um, yeah, I have my daily rituals, and then I do have of monthly and then um, yearly rituals. Um, you know, one of the, the, the things that I do before I even get out of bed is I do um, give appreciation and gratitude. Um, then I light my favorite incense. In the book, we talk about the aspects of ritual and ceremonial rituals and that you engage the senses. You know, you do preparation and purification. You use symbols. You activate the senses. um, And you do um, repetition in order to invoke the unseen. And so I've been doing this for years. This is before... um, we we wrote the book, and so I light um, my favorite incense. Um, sometimes I light a candle, and then I have a hot cup of lemon or lime water, and that's really good for the liver and the kidneys. Before you put anything into your stomach, say coffee or tea, um, one of the best things you can do is to actually put some hot um, water, warm water with lemon or lime in it and sip that before you have anything else. Now, of course, this is if someone doesn't have some major digestive issues and, and if you have right. teeth issues like teeth sensitivities, you can always use a straw, you know, instead. So, mm-hmm. um, And then what I do is I have... Um, a special journal that I, I I sit down and I turn on some music, some music that makes me feel very centered and connected. And it's for me, it's certain chants. And um, I write down five things I'm grateful for and then five things that I desire, that I intention. Um, and sometimes prior to that or after that, it just depends on the day, um, I also meditate. And then I go and I work out. So those would be my like beginning of the day rituals. And it sounds like a lot, but really, you know, when you've been doing them, you know, you don't, it doesn't really take that much time. Um, but I've trained myself, just like anyone who does these, these things, you know, you just train yourself and you layer them over time. You don't start all that at once, you know, if you don't do anything, you know, any rituals or whatsoever, you, you layer them and add them over time. I also um, dry brush before I shower or bathe, and dry brushing is Mm -hmm. really good for the lymph system. 
um, yeah. helps to move um, the lymph throughout the body, which is really what a lot of people need these days with so much, um, so many toxins in the environment. Um, and then I have an evening ritual, and that's usually some sort of reading. Um, I lay on my biomat. Um, sometimes I'll light a candle. I listen to some music. Also, when I work out, I listen to certain music if I'm walking by the beach. Because well, music is really an extremely, extremely powerful tool, we could call it, for balancing the brain hemispheres. Music that makes you feel good. Um, it balances both the right and the um, left brain hemispheres. It is pr- probably one of the number one things I prescribe to my own clients is find music that makes you feel good, that makes you feel happy, j- um, centered, joyful, in balance, just good inside and listen to it every single day, preferably starting in the morning. That's a great way to start the day. Um, so, those would be the the daily, and then um, on a on a monthly, I have a woman circle, and we get together almost every single month, and we have our 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 woman circle, and sometimes we walk the labyrinth, um, we do ritual according to how women circles have been done for hundreds and maybe thousands of years, um, and then I have my yearly um, rituals, and I would say that those would probably come. Well, I honor the seasons. So, um, like you mentioned, solstice or the moon. So usually we have circle around the moon, new moon, full moon. I do something around the moon cycles. Um, And then I have my family rituals, and and it's almost humorous um, in that I'm Czech originally, and Mm -hmm. I didn't really realize to the extent that ritual has had an impact on my life till I was writing this book, and I went, oh, my goodness, no wonder I've been so connected to ritual since I was so young. And that's because um, ritual is the thing that my family did. See, my family came to this country and we escaped. And so I didn't speak to the, my family the, um, until much later, um, until after the revolution that happened in Europe and the wall came down and et cetera. And then I could speak to them, the rest of my family except my parents and my sister. We came to this country together. But the one thing that my family did Um, even though I wasn't able to connect to the rest of our family, like my grandparents and aunts, is we maintained these rituals, that we had cultural rituals, whether it was the evening meals or it was the holiday times. And those rituals have such deep meaning for me because they connected me to my family, even though I couldn't speak to them at that time. And I realized that just how important those type of rituals are, those holiday rituals or those mealtime rituals that I still continue, whether it's in my own home or with my family when we get together because they really do help us stay connected in a very deep and meaningful way. And in my culture, as in many cultures, those particular holiday time rituals, whether it's Easter or or Christmas time, they actually have deep and ancient meaning as well to connect us to the sacred. And so um, I would say that that kind of rounds out my my rituals. <laughs> It's really kind of funny because I feel like I'm listening to myself talk because a lot of the things that you do, I do. I get up and work out. Mm. I do the lemon juice thing. I do my gratitudes in the evening. I set intentions before I put my feet on the floor. I say, thank you, God, for this day. And I and I ask, so, God, what do you want me to do for you today? Just let me know. And, you know, how can I serve? And and then I go on with the day. And a lot of things that you're doing, I'm like, yeah, this must be something that just we all get somehow. There's a channel we're tuning into that this is what you need to do to 
to, you know, really make things happen in your life and, and bring in all the good stuff that you need to. Um, one of the other things I wanted to ask you about, because we're starting to get close to the top of the hour, is I'd love to hear about your work with One World Projects Incorporated. Would mm-hmm. you please tell us a bit about that? Absolutely, um, and thank you for asking that as well. You know, I I, um, I actually don't work with One World Projects anymore, but I will share about that. And I I actually took over a uh, a nonprofit doing similar work, um, but in One World Projects, our, what our work entails really is. Um, is helping people in developing countries be self-sustainable. And um, it was done through fair trade. And One World Projects is really one of the first fair trade organizations um, in started out in the, let's see, what was it, 1992. So this is when um, fair trade was really just in the beginning um, phases. And... Um, Basically, One World Projects is very unique in, in this regard in that it's very proactive and willing to go to parts of the world that a lot of organizations um, do not go in, such as Afghanistan, at least independent organizations. You might see um, humanitarian aid organizations go there um, but not necessarily independent organizations to help people really um, – um, support them in creating a source of income for themselves so that they can be self-sustainable. And I believe that's one of the best ways to give a hand up because most people want a hand up. They don't want a hand out. And, um, you know, I've traveled all over the world, and that would be the number one thing people would say, no matter what situation they were in, they'd say, please help us so that we can sustain ourselves. We want the help, yet we want it so that we can sustain ourselves. And so that's really the work that I've done in One World Projects. And and now with I'm continuing with the IM Foundation with a focus really more around education and training and then integrating the, the sustainability. And I uh, took that nonprofit over in the new year. And I'm sorry that wasn't updated in my bio. Um, and so I'm really looking forward to the work with I am, of course, working with One World, continuing to we can work as brother and sister, so to speak. <laughs> oh, no, I think that's wonderful. When I read that, I was like, this is such a cool aspect to, to all the rest of it because it just goes one into the other. It flows perfectly, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I thought I really wanted to ask about that because it's important. And you're right, you know, what is that expression? You teach somebody um, – you give somebody fish they can eat for a day, but you teach them how to fish and they can eat forever. That's pretty much what Correct. you're doing with, with One World Project. So that's very, very interesting. Very uh, it, yeah, it's a wonderful thing. Um, well, we are getting almost to the top of the hour, Silva, but before we go, please tell our listeners how they can learn more about you and where they may purchase your hidden riches, unleashing the power of ritual to create a life of meaning and purpose. Oh, great. So you can find information about me at uh, com, and that's the doctor is D-R-S-Y-L-V-A, and then last name D-V-O-R-A-K.com. And you can go to my author page on Amazon right from that home page. You'll see it there on the right. Or you can just go to Amazon.com forward slash author and then Silva Dvozak, my name, and um, you'll get to the author page. And it's always fun to get the books from the author page. Um, so uh, you can do that if you, if you like. Those are two ways. 
That's great. And I also know there's a website called thehiddenriches.com and hiddenrichesexperience.com, which that, it has a plethora of information as well, those two sites regarding uh, different, uh, I don't want to say classes, but seminars, maybe they are classes or workshops that people can become a part mm. of, correct? That's correct. We have a program. We have several programs. Um, there's a program called an Enlightened Wealth Program, and that program is really um, sharing about that. What is our riches? And our riches are within ourselves. And what is Enlightened Wealth? And Enlightened Wealth is when we have those riches in all aspects of our lives, body, mind, spirit, um, as well as in the area of finances. And so we have a course around that um, where um, you can sign up for that and there's other courses as well that one um right now we've only been you know we offered one time and we'll probably be offering it again one more time um and we cover all those aspects of your life um in um bringing forward your own riches towards an yeah, well. yes mm-hmm. that's great that's really terrific there's so much that people can get from all those websites and we'll have them posted on our site so you can check it out later So listeners, we need you to spread the word. We know you enjoy what you hear on Energy Awareness Radio, so please share it with your friends. You know, we live in a very challenging and constantly changing world. We see it every day. And that's why I have the guests that I do, to keep you apprised so you won't get lost in the dross of life. We need to stay aware so we can navigate easily and live the life we're meant to live, productively, healthfully, and purposefully. And, you know, bring those rituals in to make it better and happier, more blissful and joyful for you and others. This is where you find the tools to do just that. So send the link for this show to everyone you know and let them have the same opportunity that you just had so they may learn and grow and make the world a better place for all. Again, Silva, thank you so much for joining us. I very much appreciate you sharing your time with all of us here at Energy Awareness Radio. This is a fabulous show. Thank you. Thank you, T. I so appreciate you having me on and sharing all about rituals, and I certainly hope that the listeners um, begin doing their daily rituals and just really have fun with that and enrich their lives. So thank you so, so much for having me. You're welcome, and that's key. They can have fun with the rituals. Go ahead and start doing your own thing. There's no rules, really. It's just doing your own thing to make things better. On behalf of everyone here at Energy Awareness Radio, I'd like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. My name is T. Love, and I hope you'll be back next week for another great show here at Energy Awareness Radio. For more information about me, please visit my website, quantumwellness.org. You'll find an archive list of past shows, the lineup for upcoming shows, as well as information about other upcoming events I'll be hosting, including upcoming Crystal Singing Bowl concerts. And if you're not in the area or you cannot make a concert, you can order one of my CDs, Imagine, which is the healing music of Quartz Crystal Singing Bowls, or the healing sounds of Christmas, which I know it's not that time of year, but I play music all year long. (laughs) That's Christmas music. You can too. And that's the healing music of my Quartz Crystal Harp. So that's really interesting. Both of those CDs are available on my site as well. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at NRG Aware Radio. That's at NRG Aware Radio. I am your host, T-Love, here at Energy Awareness Radio, intending you and yours a most wonderful week. Remember, living from your heart is quite easy. You need only give thanks to do so. Take care and stay well. I got a roof over my head I got a warm place 
It's not a hand. 